Well, are you ready? You ready for another one? This one is about traps. It's a trap. It's a trap. Three traps to avoid to make sure you become and stay incredibly resilient. Let's get started. Hicks and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for taking a little bit of your time and enjoying a virtual cigar with me. You can hear me lighting one of Drew Estate's acid brands, and I'm using a really nice cigar torch that was given to me. People give me the coolest things. I don't need I don't need big things. I just really enjoy nice little thoughtful gifts. This is a really nice porch made by Scorchy. <laughs> Scorchy, that's what it's called. It's got a nice little grip. It's almost like a little Derringer pistol kind of feel in my hand. So it's got four, yeah, four different flames coming out of it. You can hear it. Wow, you could arc weld with this thing. This is great stuff. And the cigar I'm enjoying today is an acid Cuba Cuba. One of the first Drew Estates acid cigars that I ever had years ago when they first came out. This is a delightful cigar. It's five and a half inches, about a 50, uh, looks like it's about a 54 ring. And it's got a really pleasant smell when you first light it. Sweet to the taste. Mm. Mm-hmm. And most Drew Estates cigars put out copious amounts of smoke. So the sound booth is going to be full today. <laughs> oh, you know what? I started this recording with a... Oh, you can hear that, can't you? Uh, I, I, the sound carpet that usually is under my feet is way over there. Uh, no, I'm not going to use it. Live with it. That's what I'm saying to myself. Live with it. I'll try not to bounce around a lot on my feet, which is hard. I'm standing up when I'm recording just because I wave my arms around a lot. And if you were here, of course, I'd sit down. And I would share with you this. This is a surprise. This is a really big surprise, actually, to me. And it's a good surprise. Some surprises are not all that good. I do like surprises, by the way. I'm not a fan of surprises that take up time. I realized that a while back about myself. I like surprises that don't take time. Send me a bottle of really good bourbon, and I don't have to go get it. I don't have to assemble it. I don't have to rearrange my calendar and sit around for 12 hours doing something that I hadn't planned on doing. Uh, I don't like those kind of surprises, but I do like the ones that don't take time. However, I'm going to take time with this surprising bourbon. You're going to be surprised, too. It actually came from Costco. <laughs> and you can hear my phone ringing in the background. I'm not even going to re-record this because this is a Kirkland Signature bourbon. Oh, of course, wait, there's more. 
It is actually a bottled in bond. If you know anything about bottled in bond, there's a bunch that goes into it, to a whiskey being able to be called bottled in bond or a bourbon being able to be called bottled in bond. And here it is. This is what made me look forward to enjoying this. This is from the Barton's Distillery. Barton's 1792 Master Distillers. They make the 1792 bourbon. And that is what this is. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's sold at Costco, but it's made by the Barton 1792 Distillery. It's an old, old distillery. Uh, I think it was like 1890 or something like that, or 1880, when that bourbon started. It seems like it was 88 years, whatever that was. Yeah, so that it was it was 88 years after 1792. <laughs> so you can do the math. <laughs> Maybe they sat around for 88 years and thought we should start a distillery. They sat around for 88 years. I'm sure that's not the story, but that's the story I'm going to remember or make up. Uh, they sat around for 88 years and then started the distillery. And the first one they made at Barton's 1792 was the bourbon called 1792, if I have my story right, or at least part of it's right. It doesn't have to be totally right, but here it is. Comes in a good old school looking bottle. It looks, uh, the bottle looks like uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor's bottle. It's got a fairly nice label on it. Um, I would have been drawn to the label if I hadn't seen the Kirkland brand at the top of it, because it's Costco. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to pour a little bit of this, one cube of ice. There, that's just less, just a little less than a shot. Give this a swirl. Open it up just a little bit. Not a lot. It's not like wine where you want it to breathe for hours. I don't know anything about wine. It comes from grapes. That's about all I know. There's two colors, red and not red. There we go. Here, let's give this a taste. Wow. Still a surprise. I tried some last week when I first had the bottle given to me. But this is a surprise. This is so, so good. It is a 100 proof bottle. It's got some delightful taste. On the back it says, its subtle notes of candied fruit and honey give way to a pleasant spice, bringing out the true character of the rye. It's rounded out with an oaky, lasting finish that's reminiscent of the aroma of the Kentucky barrel warehouses from which it came. Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. But definitely, I, I do catch those subtle notes of candied fruit and honey, even in the first sip. I'll set that over there. And so today is part one of a six-part series, which I'm calling Your Relationship with Pain. Actually, it's going to have a fancier title than that. It's going to be called... That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> Your relationship with pain. This is actually going to be an enjoyable series. It's not going to be deep and dark and hard and make you feel more pain, but it's going to have six sections to it. The first one is going to be titled, which is the one you're listening to today, It's a Trap. <laughs> what are the three traps that resilient people, people who experience deep setbacks and even pain, avoid? What are they? That's what today is all about. Next week, it's going to be Fear is its own kind of pain. So we're going to talk a little bit more about fear. We've talked about it in some of the other podcasts. We're going to add some more to it and help you understand that sometimes the way we manage fear creates pain on a deeper level than what we need to. Then the next podcast, the third in the series, we're calling The Art of the Long View, borrowing that title from a book on strategic planning and strategic thinking, but I'm going to just use that title really to talk about how do we adapt and how do we overcome. We're going to be talking in there about worrying and about adaptive and maladaptive coping when we're in pain. 
the fourth podcast in this series is going to have to do with other people's pain. What do I do when other people whom I care about are in pain? And we'll, we'll go deeper into the concept of having compassion for other people, but not getting pulled down into the mire of it. We're also going to talk a little bit about what if you have people that are a part of your team, maybe part of your family, part of your enterprise, who are so wounded that they wound other people all the time. What do you do with them? How do you handle that? How do you manage that? The fifth in our series is about reconditioning, reconditioning for resilience, that it's all up to you. We're going to talk about a lifelong decision that I began making and make almost every day, if not certainly every few days, to pick adventure over comfort. That means that the discomfort has its own level of pain to it. How can we thrive? So because resilience is up to us. And then we're going to round out this series with the idea of pain and purpose. I'm going to share with you some deep research that we did and, other, and that others have done over the years about how when we are involved in something that's set before us that has a deep and meaningful purpose, that it causes us to completely rewrite neurologically and psychologically, even relationally, what the imprint of pain is on our life. It's all about purpose. So those are the six podcasts we're going to go through. I hope you stick with me through all of them. They're going to be light, they're going to be enjoyable, and hopefully you see yourself and you'll figure out a way to be a, a little bit better as a leader and to not make things more difficult than they need to be. And today's podcast we call, It's a Trap, It's a Trap, Avoid These Three Traps When You're in Pain. You ever watch an old movie? Uh, maybe it's even a newer movie, but I, it's especially true in old movies that are suspense movies. And whenever somebody who is in that movie is about ready to enter into some perilous situation the music changes <laughs> you can tell don't go in there don't open that door don't go in that barn don't do it don't do it and if the music were not there the heightened sense of foreboding and dread and anticipation of difficulty and of pain would not be there right <laughs> but because of the music it's heightened and i think it's really fun and i said a few times it'd be nice if we had this soundtrack somehow in our mind that we could tap in into that would let us know this is a dangerous situation or this is going to cause pain or don't go there or keep going it's worth it that kind of thing wouldn't that be true well some people might actually have that it's not music perhaps but it's something else some folks might be able to because of how they've tuned in because of how they listen because of how they live their lives and why they live the way they live some folks who are resilient have learned that when pain happens when disappointment or loss or difficulty or setbacks of some level a small small setback or a great big setback when those things happen resilient people have learned to avoid these three traps. And with thanks and credit to Martin Seligman, how do we keep from being sucked down into the depths, so to speak, when we've encountered pain? And that pain could be a setback of any sort. Let's get right to it. There are three traps that you and I want to avoid. Thankfully, they all begin with the letter P. All right, here it is. When you and I experience profound, deep, intense setback, or even minor setbacks that cause us pain and disappointment. We want to avoid the first trap, which Seligman calls personalization. Personalization is a trap because what we end up thinking is, it's all my fault. This happened because I did something or I didn't do something. Interesting that when we take on this or fall into this trap, 
we find that the things that we felt like we did or didn't do are quite small compared to the intensity of the pain or the loss or the setback. Because I didn't do this one thing or because I didn't keep going another minute or because I, because I didn't think it through correctly or because I didn't use my best judgment or because I was having a bad hair day, this big thing happened over here. That's personalization. I feel like it's my fault. This is, of course, a bottomless pit because we can always come up with something that we could have, should have, would have done differently. Even if it's a very subtle thing, I would have worn green that day. You know, we can figure out a way to blame ourselves for something in the rearview mirror that is now causing pain and maybe even the additional pain of suffering. And they're not the same thing, by the way. Pain, disappointment, etc., and suffering are different. We'll talk about that coming up in one of our upcoming episodes or podcasts. So it is okay to say, this was my fault, or this was my action, or this was my decision. But also realize that almost all of the time, what we decide to do in the moment as grown-ass people is the right thing, given what we think of in the moment. We did what we thought was the right thing, given all of the values, given all the challenges we had, given our lack of attention, given whatever there is, we did what we thought was right in the moment. Or we were waiting for an, another moment to come because we thought we had a second chance to do what was right and then it was gone. It's very easy for us to fall down that trap and stay in that trap that it was all my fault. And that swamps us and it makes the pain almost unbearable. And it just never goes away if we're in that trap. Avoid the trap or get out of the trap by realizing I did what I thought was the right thing to do at the moment. In some cases, the pain and suffering and difficulty is way beyond anything we could have done. Even though you could have eaten breakfast that day, or you could have left three minutes earlier, or, or you could have paid a little bit more attention, or you could have, could have resisted that little temptation a little bit longer, or something like that. Really? Really? Would it really have made all that much difference? Ah, probably not. All right, personalization, it's all my fault. Avoid that trap, avoid that trap, avoid that trap. Okay. The second trap is pervasiveness. That is that if this area is painful and difficult, and if there's a setback here, there's going to be or already is a setback over in that area of my life or that area of my company, that if there's, if there's a difficulty or pain here, that it means that there is already or is there, there's shortly going to be some pain and suffering over there and over there and over there. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. This is what sets us up to be Eeyores, this mindset or this trap. You know, we're all gonna die. Uh, this is a contamination kind of story that we tell ourselves, which I mentioned in earlier podcasts. We build stories about our life that are either redemptive stories or they're contaminated stories. This is a kind of story that says that bad things happen everywhere and it's pervasive. And if there's a difficult, painful thing here, wait for it. Won't be long. There'll be a difficult, painful thing over there too. Just wait for it. We're all gonna die. That's Eeyore talking, all right? That's pervasiveness. Um, this is like the phrase, life is a beach, and then you die, <laughs> right? You hear people say that all, all along. Okay, give yourself a break here. When we experience difficulty or pain or a setback, it is in an area. It may affect an area to the right and to the left of it, but it's not affecting everything. 
It's not. Stop and think about it. Get out of this trap, avoid this trap, or climb out of the trap as quickly as you can. Because although, yes, that hurts, although, yes, that's very painful, look right over there. That is not. That is not painful. That is beautiful and perfect and wonderful. This is, that is not. In fact, look at that right over right beside that. There's another thing that's not painful or difficult or awful. (laughs) And over there, there's another thing. There you go. That's how you get out of that pervasiveness trap. The the third trap is what Seligman calls permanence. And that is, it's always going to be this way. Now, if you've experienced, as I have, significant pain and significant setback, it is very, very easy to tell yourself it's always going to be this way. I know when we lost my firstborn son, Christopher, by the way, and I'm drinking this bourbon out of a glass that was given to me by Drew, who's the editor of all of our Hilt Academy work, that has an etched picture of Chris's face on the side of it. And it happens to be my favorite glass. Of all the bourbon glasses that I've got, this is my absolute favorite. When we lost my firstborn son, Christopher, one of my early thoughts that I can still remember now, back when that occurred, um, he was uh, 24 years old when we lost him from a brain aneurysm. Really an intense time for us, and some of you can relate to that. But here, I'm just telling you that story, first of all, to honor Chris, because what a wonderful human being he was, but also to point out the fact that it was was a, a trap that I began to fall into right after we lost Chris, that I was going to feel this deep, agonizing, paralyzing loss, this pain for the rest of my life. I remember saying to Uh, to Donnie early on in one of those conversations, how am I supposed to live with this grief for the rest of my life, for decades, if that's what I'm given? How am I going to live with this for decades? That's the permanence trap. The idea that the pain that I'm feeling, the difficulty, the loss itself will be as intense, as paralyzing, as debilitating for the rest of my life as it is right now. That's permanence. Now we can not just apply that to profound and difficult loss, but it can be to to um, something, some sort of an economic setback you're experiencing or a small health setback. Or maybe you're the leader of an organization that's difficult to find really qualified staff and you feel like it's always going to be this way. We can't get the right people or or you can't come up with the right ideas or whatever the case is, it's easy to stay in that permanence trap. So how do you get out of the permanence trap? First of all, if you've fallen into it, how do you get out of it? Connect with people who have been in that trap and are past it. Connect with people who have experienced that pain or something similar to it, and they seem to now have adapted to it. Not that deep losses or deep setbacks are something we ever get past. We don't. We just uh, carry around that. It now becomes part of our story. But trust me, as time goes on, it becomes less and less and less debilitating. In the last uh, episode or the last podcast of this series, I will share with you why that is true for many people faster than for others. That's pain with a purpose. That's the last one we'll talk about in this series. So connect with other people. That will help a lot. People who are in a different chapter with respect to that loss or setback, whether it's small or large. And also look at other areas of your life, again, relying on the pervasiveness. Um, Go back to that pervasiveness trap. It's not pervasive. Look at other areas where things are beautiful and wonderful. And then allow yourself those brief moments, because they will occur, of joy without feeling guilty. Because that loss, whatever it was, 
And I realize I suggested and illustrated a deep and profound loss. Some of you have experienced something like that. Others have not. We're able to, to realize that, that we can keep going and that there is joy. And although the sunrise may come years later, it will come. This will not last forever. So there we have the three P's, the three traps we want to be able to avoid. And if we can avoid these traps, we can see them in advance. Then when we get a setback, we will not fall into those traps of personalization. Oh, it's all my fault. If only, if only I had used a wooden toothpick instead of a plastic one, the world would not be in such chaos. Avoid that. Wait, wait, wait. Avoid that. Avoid that. And avoid it by, by realizing, yes, I do make choices, uh, but I can make other choices now. All right, avoid the personalization trap, avoid the pervasiveness trap, and avoid the permanence trap. If you get into them, I've suggested how you can get out of them. All resilient people avoid these three traps. And even though we may fall because of the setbacks we've experienced on some level, and even though we may be scarred as a result of those setbacks on some level, we will not quit. We will not collapse and we will not fail. We'll stand back up if we avoid those three traps. Watch out. They're right there. They're right in front of you. Ooh, look out. And they apply equally to large, painful things as well as to small setbacks. Well, hey, thanks for hanging with me on this first in a six-part series about your relationship with pain. That's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> it does. It does but it doesn't have to leave us worse off. Next time, we're going to talk about fear a little bit more because fear is its own kind of pain. And if we can actually learn how to understand what fear is and learn from it and do so quickly, that pain will be minimized and then it will actually be a useful pain. You know how that is, like going to the gym. And is that a good pain you're experiencing? Or is that a bad pain? Did you just tear something? Or, or are you just sore and full of lactic acid? Let's do that next week when we talk about fear as its own kind of pain. It can either be a tear or a wound or a difficulty. It can even create more pain in a destructive way. Or we can pay attention to it and learn from it and have fear be well, let's call it what it is, a good kind of pain. We'll show you how to do that next week. And I'm going to finish this shockingly, surprisingly, stunningly. Those are too big. Those words are way too big. But how about this? Delightful surprise of the Kirkland Bottled in Bond Barton 1792 Bourbon. 100 proof, really nice. Smells good, tastes good. And I'm going to sit back, send this off to be edited, and enjoy the rest of this cigar. Wish you were here. Have a great day. Watch out. Avoid those three traps. Take care. And I'm sure you've heard about it by now, but you may want to check out our YouTube channel that has this kind of information, lots of helpful tips for folks who are in leadership, management, supervisory positions, or if you're an influencer of people daring folks to do great things. Check us out on YouTube. It's the Hilt H-I-L-T Academy, High Impact Leadership Training Academy on YouTube. Some great stuff. Join us over there. Subscribe when you get there, and that'll let us know you like that stuff. Anyway, have a great day. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment 
leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.